take you on an emotional, family-centered journey through the film history of Charlize Theron. And by me, I mean myself, Regina Connolly, and my delightful co-hosts, Robin Elaine Hitchcock. Hello! And Bob Shields. Hello! And today we are reviewing the just-released 2018 movie Tully, which is uh, written by Diablo Cody and produced or directed by Jason Reitman? Directed Directed by Jason Reitman. Uh, and starring our gal, Charlize Theron. So they're bringing the band back together after Young Adult. That's right. And uh, Young Adult, as you may remember, is high in all of our rankings. So how did this movie do with a one sound review? Oh. <laughs> oh, huh. oh. Now, as you might know, one sound reviews are impossible to spoil plot details. Uh, but what we're going to do, because we want you to be able to hear all of our fun segments, so we're going to do the segments first in a non-spoilery way, and we'll make it very clear when we're going to get into the actual plot details. And don't listen to it. Don't. Go see this movie without listening to spoilers. It's, it's not the normal kind of movie where you feel like, it's not like it's Infinity War and you don't want to be spoiled, but you don't want to be spoiled for this movie, because I don't think it will be as fulfilling filling an emotional journey. Yeah, I think it's good. It's a it's a tight like small scale story in some ways, but just like even though it is not a war of infinite uh proportions, <laughs> just 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 go in blind is what I would say. Mackenzie right. Davis does not Hey, not everyone has seen Infinity War. <laughs> I am editing that out. That is rude. <laughs> so yeah, so let's start let's start strong. What was Everyone's Charlie's Zenith. Oh, so we should give a one-sentence plot review. Okay. I think it's Charlie's Theron playing a mother, a new mother of her third child, and her rich brother suggests that she get a night nanny, which I did not know was a thing. Uh, that he is paying for. Right. A, a night nanny comes to your house when it's time for you to go to bed, and they take care of the baby overnight, and they wake you up when you need to breastfeed, but that's it. Yeah, it's essentially so that as a new parent, you're not constantly being woken up and getting no sleep. Right. Because that does, I am not a parent, but from my experience with my siblings and siblings-in-law, that seems to be the worst part of early parenting. And like far into parenting, I think. So uh, none of us on the podcast have children, but uh, Bob Shields and I were around a lot for our nephew's uh, first few years of life. Yeah, he had a lot of difficulty with sleep and that meant that my sister was getting no sleep and how quickly that changes your life. Yes. Sleep is very important. Absolutely. Yeah, so her two kids are older. They're eight and five. And so this is her third child. And her husband is played by Ron Livingston. Yep. Who is amazing. Who's great. Why isn't he in more things? He should be in everything. He's probably busy grooming those beautiful eyebrows. (laughs) (laughs) What what was everyone's Charlie Zenith? 
So mine comes very late in the movie. It is something that I never thought I would see, because while Charlize has very broad range, I never thought I would see her going nuts in a mosh pit. <laughs> that, was, that was so close to being my Charlize <laughs> It was I so beautiful. Was just filled with life during that scene. I almost, uh, it, she was going so crazy. And like, she's got her leather jacket on and she's like, her head's like going all over the place and her hair's flying around. I was almost couldn't tell that it was her. Same. Yeah, for a second I thought it was just a like B-roll of like, this is the bar that she's in. Right. And I was like, no, that's our girl. That was her really moshing in the mosh pit. Yes. Amazing. Also, I believe, I believe it. I believe that's real. <laughs> From her oh, past. Yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> totally. My Charlie Zenith is at some point they're having a family dinner. And earlier in the movie, like, she had been, like, real run down. and was just serving, like, frozen pizza. But she, like, makes this nice, like, roast chicken dinner. And her daughter, who I thought was adorable in this movie, was kind of, like... Where did you stick the lemons? Did you stick it up their butt? And she was like, no, that's where all their organs used to be. And her daughter's like, that's worse than a butt. And Charlize just looks at her and goes, it's murder. And then like eats mashed potatoes. And it's such like, I'm not doing it justice, but it's- It's uh, so funny. It's super funny. And this movie has, I think, the combination of a lot of our Charlize Zenith feels of like- her really amazing comedic timing right. and like de- like just presence. And her having fun. And also yep. her having red-rimmed cry eyes. Yes. So my Charlie Zenith, and she did the same thing in In the Valley of Ella, which we will be reviewing next week. She just has this really good incredulous stare, like, how dare you say that? Yes. Mm-hmm. And she does it several times in this movie, but the one that was most effective for me was when her brother is telling her about how he wants to give her a night nanny. She She's resistant to the idea, and he says something like, well, I don't want what happened last time to happen again. And basically, it meant she had really bad postpartum depression. And the look that she gives him of, like, yeah. how, how dare, dare you, you yeah. was so... It just, it just really hit me to the core and it was like a look that I could see myself giving (laughs) someone else if they were being a little bit glib about my mental health issues. That whole scene was so like, first of all, amazing set dressing. Uh, The set in that scene and the the, the dialogue between the brother and her felt so true. Because he's super rich. But yeah, like he's been very successful and she's very like middle class. Right. That scene was great. And I, I I loved his wife. Yeah. One of my favorite lines in the whole movie is when it's like, we have to go to our daughter's talent show. And Charlie (laughs) says, what's your talent? And she says, Pilates. (laughs) So one thing I did want to say is we saw this on a Sunday matinee at our local recliner chair theater. And everybody else there, like, it was a decent sized crowd. Certainly more people than saw Gringo. Right. Yeah. But they were not laughing. They were also mostly older Older. people. Yeah. I also felt like there was, and I don't mean to be all like, "Mm, we used to live in New York, but I felt like there were a number of like New York specific jokes about someone who has lived in the city and then like moved out to the suburbs. Like she runs into someone and that person is like still living in Bushwick. And I was like, that means a particular thing. And just like when she goes into the city later in the movie, like, and just talking about like how it's changed or whatever. I mean, I've never lived in New York, but I, because I have friends who have, I guess I was like, I know, I know what Bushwick means. Yeah. 
and it just, but yeah, the, the crowd was weird and I wasn't sure because we let out some guffaws. I am normally the, the asshole laughing really hard at the theater. It's because I go to live theater, but I felt judged. Today. <laughs> oh, I was like, whatever, people. And no, like, and there's, I know, there's I'm, like, I'm not going to stifle my joy, but I definitely like felt the room's <laughs> coldness hitting up against our warm bubble. Because I think that people came in expecting to be like, this is a bleak movie about how it's difficult to parent. And, like, there are elements of that, but, like, I think we went in, or, like, I don't know, like, either familiarity with Diablo Cody's writing or just sort of generally, like, no, that's a joke, everybody. Yeah. That's meant to be funny. And there's one joke in particular that I want to talk about, but I will wait till we're deep into spoiler country because I thought it was so funny. Yeah. (laughs) Who would Keanu play in this fine film? So, I think you and I have picked the same one because we discussed this on the car over here without revealing it to each other, but we were both laughing at who we had picked. And there is really only one possible correct answer. Well, no, you had a good alternative. I did, yeah, I have, I had an, I have an alternate, but I actually think, given Robin's feedback, that we may have picked different people. So who did you okay. pick? So the person I have picked is at some point during the movie, Charlize's son, who has uh, some uh, behavioral issues. Behavioral He's issues. Atypical is the only way they. They yeah. keep calling him quirky. Yes. yes, and she says that the doctors have only said that he is right. They don't. He doesn't have a diagnosis. He just yeah. has behavior problems. So he is being moved into a new school and they're in this new school for the first time and he's in the bathroom and he's worried about flushing the toilet because it's going to be too loud. And so he does and then he freaks out and then Charlize is trying to help him out uh, and Charlize's like, oh, don't worry, don't worry. He's like screaming and crying. And then a a man comes out of another room and and she's and she apologizes and says, oh, sorry, no, we're just, we're, we're on our way. And he's like, no, don't apologize. Hey, you and me want to hang out and want to be trees for a minute? To the boy. To the wee boy. You are so right, Bob Shields. And that should so have been Keanu. Oh, that would have been so amazing. <laughs> Can you imagine Keanu giving directed tree meditation to a young child? I can imagine it, and it makes me feel better. It was such a lovely little scene, and he was just sort of like, without like telling Charlize how to live her life, was kindly kind of like, you know, everything's okay, like, don't worry about it. And also, like, she had such issues with the other school, and they were kind of like, that she had come around to like, maybe that school was just a bad fit. And right. I felt like that was an, a short way to show that, like, this school had promise for him. I that think there was hope. Also, like, the set was, it just, it looked like a cheaper school. They had been at a private yes. Catholic yes. school. And then it looked more like maybe they were even at a public school. I went to public school, but so I'm not like judging public school. Anyway, I was really glad that it wasn't like now that they're not sending him to this expensive private school, everything's even worse. But it was more like, no, this is better. And that guy did a really good job as well, because he came out and he was just like, he, it seemed slightly like it was going to be confrontational and he had like a very sort of forward posture stance yeah uh but then he did this goofy thing with the trees and then afterwards he's just like you didn't do anything wrong you don't have to leave and right he, and when he says it like that like it's right. kind of forceful and stern and then as he walks he, he just walks away like walks past him and he like puts the wee boy's hood up yeah like he's kind without being saccharine like he's yes. just very like he just is a, it's a very honest interaction like yeah. he seems to have no dissembling yeah Yeah, i I thought that moment was well written and well acted but also keanu would be hilarious in that i'm sorry to say we did not pick the same keanu i pick uh her son does get uh dismissed from the school that he's in and 
Charlize sort of like freaks out when that's happening and the woman who's like the headmistress or whatever like calls like her office aide to like have like escort Dallas. Dallas to escort Charlize out of the building and he doesn't say anything he just stands in the doorway looking uncomfortable as this woman is like cursing at this other woman and I think it would be funny to have Keanu just sort of be like how can I help no how can I help here's the thing <laughs> I think that that guy I looked up the actor's name Joshua Pack he should get an Oscar nomination. He was so good. He was perfect. It's I, just like the awkwardness rolling off of him. Yeah. It, it was such a great role. When he, I think he eventually speaks one line of dialogue. Yeah, because at one point, uh, she's the, the teacher is like, can you show Miss whatever her name is out? And uh, she goes, don't fucking touch me, Dallas. And he's like, I, I wasn't going to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also, oh, for both brilliant. of these examples, though, like the dude that you picked also, like... You're right. Pitch perfect. perfect. Yes. Uh, and I'll say, like, I think everyone in this movie is... It would be hard to move any pieces. Like, and I usually dislike child actors. Uh, I'm not into... Li- but the, the the child who played her daughter... Was so great. So, and even oh, uh, the yeah. kid who played Jonas as well, her son. I thought all of that was good. My alternate suggestion for my Keanu was... They go to dinner at her rich brother's and they have like a live-in nanny or au pair. And she is explaining like what happens in slaughterhouses to chickens. And I think that that could be a funny Keanu. But I think realistically that that family would have a lady nanny. I agree. Super hippie Keanu. Yeah. So I basically I'm going to choose that Keanu should be her brother. Oh, okay. And again, it's like, what's that guy's name? Mark Duplass? Mark Duplass? 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 I don't know. know. Anyway, that guy, he's fine. Like, he's... I like him. I like him as an actor. Yeah. I'm not saying that, like, he was lacking and needs to be fixed. I just think that that is the role that would fit the best for Keanu. Mm -hmm. And these little... I think the tree one's pretty good, No, (laughs) I wish I had thought of the tree one. But I would never replace Dallas because he is my perfect child. But, uh, yeah, so I'd have Keanu be Charlize's brother. I think that works. I think also a a legit response, uh, a legit answer would be he could replace Ron Livingston. No. He would be a great... You know what? I thought about that, but I just was so, like... It was like I was thirsty for Ron Livingston, and then I took a big (laughs) swallow, and I was like... (laughs) <laughs> I just tried to make the noise after you take a big sip of Diet Coke. I, yeah, I, I thought about that as well, but I, I do think that he was so, like, just, I think both he and Charlie's were perfectly cast in yeah. this movie and that they're dynamic yeah. together. And, like, he's in bed a lot wearing, like, headphones with, like, a mic playing video games. And I'm sort of like, I can see Ron Livingston doing that, but I just feel like there would be something about Keanu doing that that would feel more like, I'm a movie star in this movie. Yeah, also, like, he... The the husband character needs to be good looking, but not Keanu. super handsome. Sure, yeah, right. Like, and Ron Livingston is the perfect amount of dad hot. Can I say another, <laughs> like I hope this isn't too spoiling, but this is I think possibly like my favorite line of dialogue in this movie, and there is a lot. But so at some point, Charlize is talking with Night Nurse Nanny. Night Nurse is a Marvel character. It's also, I think, another term for it. Okay. She's talking about, like, why she chose her husband. And she's like, oh, like, before I married my husband, like, I rode every horse on the the merry-go-round. Like, I dated and slept around a lot. Uh, Tully says, like, oh, like, well, which one? Like, which horse was he? And she just looks around and goes, he was the bench. Yes, that was such a good line. That was such a good line. And it's such a specific image. But also, and and she's not saying that, like, with regret. She's like, "I, I, like, absolutely chose the right person. But just that, like, that is a very different thing. And, like, you know, and, like, also, like, 
you know the the people who choose the bench on the merry or on the yeah. carousel or like the kids who are like too afraid of the horse like it just i don't know i was like what a, what a great detail i also love the line <laughs> where the she bench. says tully asks her like what was your dream because she's like saying like my english lit degree got me nowhere i work in human resources Tully's like well what did you want to do and she says i wish i had a dream so i could hate the world but I just have to hate myself. Yes. Yeah, and I like that resonated with me. <laughs> yeah, like she doesn't have like that that idea of like, you know, if if I had like wanted to be X and had like failed right. to be like a musician or whatever, right. then I would have something specific to mourn. But it's like right. she doesn't really, she's just older. Yeah. So would this movie be improved by a prison riot? No. 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 Sorry, Dad. Okay. <laughs> Ebert is no longer with us. What else is there? Shall we rank it before we do? Yeah, I would like to rank it before we venture off into spoiler country. Spoiler trimester. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, (laughs) jeez. You know what? Uh, This is going to be my my number two, just behind Young Adult. Wow. Yeah. So I, and I might be getting the walking out of the theater bump, although we did through various mishaps. We built in a little bit of a buffer. (laughs) An hour or so has elapsed, but honestly, I almost consider putting it at the top. Mm -hmm. I think this is a better movie than Young Adult. Really? I just enjoyed Young Adult more. See, I also struggled with whether or not it was better than Young Adult, because I think that this is, without going into spoiler country, but I feel like like the, the emotional reveal in Young Adult never quite like the big speech that she right. has at the end never quite fits with the tone of the rest right. of the movie. Exactly. So I think that movie has a, a flaw in it. And I would say that this movie I don't see a flaw in it, but I do think Young Adult's a better movie. And I, I don't that, know why. I just yet. I like Charlize in Young Adult more. Young Adult stands out to me as like there's nothing like Young Adult. Whereas there are movies sort of like Tully. So, but that being said, I loved it. And yeah. I think yeah. everyone should see it. And they should see it before listening to the rest of this podcast. So just yeah. go see Tully. I that think, means you, Colin Diedrich. Um, that means you, Sean Collier. Go. I I think I am also going to put this just below Young Adult. So that makes it my number three. And, like, I was curious how recording it was going to go. Because, like, when we left Atomic Blonde or Fate of the Furious, it was easy to be like, Wah, Charlie's movie! Cars exploded! Yeah. This is not that kind of movie. No. And I'm curious. It's a movie that I already am like, I want to see it a second time. Yeah. And maybe over time, this might overtake my affection for young adult. I felt the same exact way. And as we all know from listening to that episode, young adult makes me sweat the whole movie. Like, it just makes me so, like, oh, this is uncomfortable. And I did not have that experience with this movie. So I feel like maybe over time this one might be, like, more watchable. Yeah. Uh, Like, I love Young Adult, but I'm never like, you know what I want to do? Subject my pits to that again. (laughs) So, um, but yeah. So it's it's really great to get such a great movie as we approach the end of our I agree. That's a brand new one, yeah. So good, guys. It's so good. And also, like, I think people have made a lot... Uh, on both sides of like the fact that Charlize uh, gained weight for this role. And I saw her do an interview about it where she was kind of like, that's one of the things I love about being an actor is like transforming yourself. Yeah. And I've seen other people be like to push back, like they, they shouldn't emphasize that she gained weight for this. She just looks like a normal person. And like, we shouldn't, uh, you know, dismiss that as like, she's now hideous or whatever. Uh, and I'm kind of like, when I was watching the movie, like none of that really entered into it. 
And also, one of the funniest lines came from her daughter <laughs> when Charlie's like her son spills juice on her and she takes off her shirt and just is sat there in her bra. And her daughter goes, "Mom, what's wrong with your body?" <laughs> <laughs> I like again like over identifying with this movie. Like I gained a a good amount of weight, not as much as Charlie's did for this. But I was like, yeah, that's what my body looks like. And I, my body never looked like Charlize's, but it was closer. And so I was to like... To be fair, no one's body right, has exactly. ever looked like Charlize's. So I guess it was like nice to see that like other, that other beautiful women, I am a beautiful woman, everyone, uh, that they look the same as I do. <laughs> I also think that like part of that in terms of like... You know, like, I don't necessarily buy into, like, method acting as it is colloquial known. Yeah. You know, like, what people think that means. Uh, but I do think that, like, a lot of this movie is about, like, transformation. Yeah. Like, physical and emotional and mental transformation. And that there would be something about going through that process as a person in addition to doing it in the acting. And, like, you know, the, again, I don't have kids. But that, like, the people's alienation from their body after they've had kids is definitely a thing that is discussed right. or, like, a part of the experience for some. Right. So, anyway. Uh, I also think, honestly, like, this is super just... Uh, inventive projecting but i think it might have been great for Charlize because she is a mother but she never gave birth mm -hmm. to be like okay i'm gonna go through physical changes associated with motherhood which is the part of motherhood she didn't have before mm -hmm. uh, so i am also putting this very high not quite as high as the two of you uh this is now my number five uh, which puts it just below kubo and the two strings okay and one above the road Good. <laughs> um, simply for reasons, because uh, I think Kuban Two Strings is incredibly inventive and fantastical and beautiful to look at. This is a little, this is still beautifully shot. Yeah. Uh, and incredibly well made and acted and all that stuff. Um, it does just have a slight twinge of cliche to the ending uh, that I was like, yeah, I mean, I still very much enjoyed the twist yeah. in the ending and all that. But I was like, but it just a little. It almost was completely out of the, like wild out of the park. Whoa, I didn't see that coming. And then I was like, oh, okay, it's that. Okay. Um, All right. Okay. So buckle your seatbelts. We are driving <laughs> deep into spoiler country now. How many <laughs> bridges are we going to go across and how many 80s pop songs will we listen to? So away? many. <laughs> but just snippets just before the good bits. <laughs> so seriously. Stop listening to us. Get if you out of seen, here. Go see the movie and then cut to whatever this timestamp is. All right. So an actual plot summary of the movie is, uh, as we've mentioned, Charlize Theron is heavily pregnant at the beginning. She's like a week away from her due date and she's just gone on maternity leave. She goes to have dinner with her brother and her brother and her husband have sort of a like unspoken contentious relationship where they each think that the other person hates each other, which I thought was hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> and her brother is like a different class than she is now. And he's basically like, hey, I don't want what happened last time to happen. So like as a gift, I'm getting you a night nanny. And she's like, fuck you. To some, She's like, hey, like, no, I, I don't want that. I don't want someone bonding with my kid. Like, that's right. weird. I don't want it. And then we have a beautiful montage after she's given birth of the repetitive, relentless nature. Which was basically nature. the first trailer for this movie. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. it's basically like, it's a constant, like, it's screaming, changing a diaper, like putting the uh, diaper, diaper genie, genie, sleeping with the baby, her husband leaving for work. And it's just, it's cut very quickly, but it's got like great pacing and really great Very music. entertaining, yeah. yeah. It's delightful, but also like, again, I don't have kids, but I've been around newborns and you're right. like, yeah, it is a lot of that. 
And then at some point, like, she goes to the school. and They her, dismiss. They dismiss her, her son. Her problem child Her son, son Jonah. And she go, gets back in the car and her new baby is just, like, just keeps crying and crying and crying. And so she pulls out the post-it note with the night nanny's phone number. She calls her and Tully arrives the next night and is played by Mackenzie Davis. 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 And she's, like, a very sort of, like overly familiar immediately with Charlize and sort of like like just like weird like at some point Charlize says to her like you're like a dorky like fourth grade fact book I know I loved that like she like <laughs> quote like at some point like they're just sort of like just meeting each other and like Tully is essentially dismissing her and she's like and now to bed and she looks at her and she's like what did you say to me and she's like I'm quoting Samuel Pepys you know that famous diarist and she was like alright weirdo and Ron Livingston is already in bed and he does not interact with Tully but it's basically like she just comes overnight and as the movie progresses we see the two of them like bond and we see Charlize transform from the uh, montage Charlize to being someone who like she's well rested and like right. their house is clean so and I, she has extra energy to do other things now that she's not alone in motherhood right I was a little bit concerned going in that it was gonna be like a manic pixie dream girl movie yes right. because Tully is that yeah it's well it, it almost is literally manic pixie dream nanny if you yeah. break it down every word of that is right. what it, it is but it it's clearly not that but it didn't even even when it seemed maybe that it was gonna be like that like Mackenzie Davis was so compelling mm-hmm. yes and, she's great and Charlize was so good at treating her like a real person yes which is the biggest problem with manic pixie dream girl movies and it just being written by a woman and the, the I just, dialogue it is just didn't, so it great ended up not feeling like that at all there at were, all there was a moment in the movie where i so like so things are getting better like the house is clean like uh things with jonah are going better he's going to that new school and like she and tully seem to be like forming like a very close bond and when i saw the trailer for the movie i thought it was going to be like she falls in love with the nanny and oh i 100 percent thought that was what this movie was about. i thought that was gonna and then at some point in the movie tully and her are having a conversation they're drinking sangria and tully's sort of like digging about like what's going on with your relationship and tully's whole thing is like i'm not just here to watch the baby like i'm here to help you and to fix right. everything and she eventually like opens up about how she and her husband like haven't had sex in a long time they don't have sex and she like reveals like what her husband's fantasy is oh i still thought by the way that Hold on, this is an important plot point, but I want to interject that at the beginning of the movie, Charlize runs into someone ah. who used to know her, and she's clearly, like, vaguely horrified by Charlize being deeply pregnant in a denim dress eating a sad chocolate muffin. In upstate New York. Yes. And I immediately was like, oh, they dated. Yes, it was very Just clear like, that they okay, had Okay, a- they dated, and so this is leading into Charlize falling in love with Tully. Yes. And it being... A super gay. And then also... bisexual. Right. Well, that's what I was going to say. Also, there's a ton of stuff about mermaids. And I think (laughs) that mermaids are bisexual icons. And I'm not making that up. I really think that's a thing. (laughs) So I was like, okay, cool. Mermaid imagery for bisexuality. Great. Got it. I have no idea what that means or where you're getting that from. I just thought mermaids Tumblr. in general were on Tumblr. trend, uh, bisexual or not. But yeah, so early in the movie, Charlize meets someone and it is clear that it's an ex. Uh, yeah. And the woman is like, you saw my number. I still live in the same uh, loft in Bushwick. You can call me anytime. 
But so, so cutting back to, she's talking to Tully about how she is not having sex with her husband, and she reveals this fantasy of, like, wearing a diner His outfit. His fantasy. His fantasy of wearing a diner, or, like, having sex with a woman, in a, like, who works in a diner. And then she, like, dresses Tully up in that... Outfit. Outfit, and then they go into the bedroom, and, like, it's implied that, like, Tully has sex with him, and that, like, Charlize is there, like, just go with it. And then the next morning, Ron Livingston is like, are we going to talk about what happened last night? And she's like, we don't have to. And that was when the movie, like, sort of almost lost me. I was like, that seems intense and quick and a little, like, Manic Pixie Dream Girl of, like, oh, they just had a a three-way or a guided uh, surrogate sex moment with their employee, and they're not going to talk about it. And I was definitely like, uh, what's happening? And I then, was like, I'm such a square. <laughs> I 100% read that as like, wow, polyamory really is taking over the world. <laughs> because Tully and Charlize, Tully talks about being polyamorous. Yes, Tully is like, yes, yes. she has mentioned that she's in many And then I think that Charlize says basically same back in the past with the carousel thing. That's the carousel yeah. moment. So everything seems to be going well. There's a, their brother throws like a big party and like Charlize is singing All with her daughter. Daughter, and it was very cute. And also, Charlize can't sing. It's adorable because <laughs> her daughter is like so nervous to be singing and is singing very quiet and monotone, and the whole party staring at her. And Call then Charlize me maybe. gets up and sings with her, and she like opens up, and it's very cute. And the brother and the husband have a conversation where he's like, "Hey, like that night nurse like really helped a lot." And the brother is like, "Oh, like she called. Like I really didn't think she was going to." And then basically, so like you're in the like the happy portion of the movie, and then. Tully is like, one night is like, you know, we need to go out. Like, we need to, like, you deserve a night off too. And that's the thing that we need to do. Like, let's go into the city and, like, just have a couple of drinks. And Charlize, whose character's name is Marlo, is like, oh, but, like, who will watch the kids? And she's like, your husband's here, right? Like, they're not alone. Like, let's go. So they drive into the city. They get all drunk. We see Charlize Mosh. It's in the neighborhood where she used to live at. And Charlize is about to, like, say something to her. And Tully basically is like, I need to tell you, like, I'm I'm leaving. I'm quitting. Yeah. And Charlize gets super upset. And she's like, Steals a bike. She's like, yeah, they both steal bikes. They cycle to her old apartment. She tries to get in. And Tully's like, we've come too far. Like, I shouldn't have done this. And she's like, why did you bring me here? And she's like, this is too much. We have to go back. And she's like, you can't drive. And she's like, no, I'm, I'm fine. Like, I'm not drunk. Don't worry about it. So they get back in the car. Oh, I cut over the montage. As they're driving to the city, yeah. it's this amazing montage that's very quick cuts of all the steps to get into the city from where they are in in upstate New York. Just great, like, 80s pop songs. It's amazing. And so then they're driving back, and, like, Charlize is really upset, and she's, like, you know, doesn't want her to leave. She's like, I just need you to talk to me to stay awake. Right. And they're sort of talking about, like, that. And then Charlize kind of is saying, like, the reason that she needs her is, like, she's not ready. And Tully is kind of like, it's okay that the routine of your life is what you need right now. And right. Like, you just need to do the same thing. Like, you're going to be fine. I was here for this transition, but, like, you're good. And then, like, talking about the repetitive things that she has to do, Charlize begins to fall asleep. And then a thing I did not expect to see happen is they basically have a drunk driving car accident where she veers off the road and goes into the river. The river. And throughout the movie, there are dream sequences where she's seeing mermaids or she's swimming through water. And there's, like, mermaid stuff on TV in the background. And then... It cuts to Tully as a mermaid, like, pulls her out of the, the car, and then it cuts to her in the hospital, all banged up, and uh, her husband is there, and the nurse is like, come outside, I need to talk to you. Right. And the nurse is like, we need to talk about, like, does your wife have a history of mental illness? And he's like, no, what are you talking about? Like, everything's great, like, with this kid, like, everything's been so great, she's right. been doing so different. He's like, well, like, last time there was 
something, but, like, it's been so long, like, no problem, no problem. Right. And the woman just looks at him very skeptically, and he's like, well, it's really out of character her, for her to be drunk driving and to have left the kids with no one watching them, and then it's just oh, like, God. you were home, right? Right. And oh. he was kind of like, oh, yeah, because, like, you never really seen him. I love that. Interact with the kids. <laughs> that was another favorite moment. And then he is doing, like, paperwork, and the brother comes in and is like, is everything okay? They, well, they say, they say to her, like, to him, it's like, well, she shows signs of extreme exhaustion. Yes. And he's like, no, she's not exhausted. Like, she's been getting enough sleep. Like, everything has been good. And then as he's filling out the paperwork verbally with the uh, hospital, they're like, what's her maiden name? And he says Tully. And basically, like, you realize that the whole time Tully was herself at 26 and, like, in her imagination or in her, like, manic uh, episode. That basically, she's been staying up all night, all this time. Right. Doing all the things that we thought that Tully was doing for right. her. Then Ron Livingston comes back in and he, like, apologizes for not having been present enough. And he's like, I really want us to be okay. And that he, like, had no idea that that was sort of what was going on. Right. Then we see her leave the hospital and she is, like, still banged up from the accident. But you sort of see her interacting with her son. And the movie starts with her, like, brushing him because it was a thing that the the doctor thought might help with his oversensitivity. And her son is kind of like, I don't really need that. Like, I just want to be next to you. Right. And then it's her and uh, Ron Livingston, like, doing the dishes. And one of the conversations... they wear the little headphones. They wear headphones together. And it's so sweet. And so one of the... I feel like the important conversation that she and Tully have when they're at the bar is Tully is bringing up the concept of the ship of Theseus, where if a ship going down water, like needs to have parts of it replaced and if at some point every part of the ship has been replaced with something new is it the same ship that it used to be right and so like tully is her past self and she's saying like well are we even when we get older who we used to be because all of our cells have been replaced but the only cells that don't get replaced are in your eardrums you know what else doesn't get replaced are your eggs and I thought that that's where they were going to go with Oh, that. okay. <laughs> I'm glad they did it. I'm glad they didn't also. Yeah. But then I felt like at the end, her listening to music with her husband was sort of like, right. this is where Tully also is. Yes. And in the present. Yeah. Um. So I agree with you, Bob Shields, that to some extent, the like, Tully was never real. Oh, when it first happened, I was like, oh no, am I going to hate this? I was like, don't take this wonderful movie away from me. But... Mm-hmm. In the next 10 minutes of the movie, at sitting with it, I loved the movie even more. I think they really earned yeah, the twist. Yeah, 100% is, is earned throughout the whole narrative of the movie. Yeah. There are so many hints about it. Like, yep. even talking about, like, this is my favorite song, it's my favorite song too. Oh, I date, I'm in several relationships. Oh, I used to do that as right. well. I but, want a bourbon. That's my drink. Exactly. So yeah. they, they go back and That's forth true, doing yeah. that kind of thing all the time. Or, like, when she, like you mentioned, she quotes... Samuel so Pe- Samuel Peps. Samuel Pepe and, she, and then later on she's like oh my English lit degree didn't mm-hmm. go anywhere oh you're right so it's like all this kind of stuff is hinted at and then it, they do a really good job of like amping it up over yeah. the course like when they're mm-hmm. in Brooklyn things they've gone too far when they've gone too far like the the logic of their them being together starts to break down yeah so like when like for example like Charlie's like very like difficultly like steals a bike like yanks it out of a bike rack and then cycles away and then the next shot like Tully is cycling after right. another mm-hmm. bike and you're like well where the hell did she get a bike right. from mm-hmm. uh, and then it, it, it kind of amps up like that can I say how relieved I am that Tully did not suck her breast oh yeah I was really thinking that was gonna happen I yeah. 100 as soon as she complained about her breast being full I was like I've seen the last season of Weeds I know where this is going <laughs> so yeah because while they were out because she wasn't nursing Mia she became like too, her breast became too engorged yeah. and essentially Tully milks her in a bathroom and then she throws up but yes I also thought she was going to 
do that. And right. I'm like, I'm glad it didn't go there. I'm really glad it didn't go there. But so I, I, and I, I think, I think the twist, yeah, like you said, I think it's very earned. I think it's the best possible ending. Like, I think if they had fallen in love and done something, like that, that would have been a very different movie. Right. And mm-hmm. it wouldn't have had the impact that this one did. It would, it would have gone off in a totally different. Right. I knew when I watched the trailer, I was like, there is going to be a twist to this. Okay. And I was like, is it going to be a Mary Poppins like twist where she is some has some kind of supernatural yeah. ability? Right. Or is it? I would have loved that, by the way. They well, should have marketed kind of, it that way because yeah. you can't really market this movie. Right. Well, the way it's marketed is like it is, uh, it, 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 yeah, like you said, it's that montage of how difficult it is to be a new mother right. and like, it, you know, the repetitive screaming baby and stuff like this and then it ends with hi I'm Tully and it's and then it fades out right. and you're like wow something is about to go down yeah. with this nanny when all the mermaid stuff was happening and especially in the you know the semi dream sequence rescue from the river I was like oh shit is Tully actually a mermaid oh god <laughs> <laughs> Because I was like, she does ask her, what do you do during the day? And she was like, no, I just nap mostly. And you're like, she, it, her other like life. Like fins again. Yeah, it's very so vague. In, it's a mannequin splash. In like 2006, there was a TV show in the CW called Hidden Palms. And I think that they were basically going for like Twin Peaks meets the OC. Okay. okay. But the Twin Peaks element, uh, it lasted like five episodes, but the Twin Peaks element of it made me expect supernatural things. Yeah. And Amber Heard was in it hmm. oh. and her character kept being around water and like she was like running through sprinklers and stuff because I think she was a Manic Pixie Dream Girl. And I was convinced that her character was a mermaid. <laughs> and now she's going to be an Aquaman. As a mermaid. <laughs> so there was a- Called it in 2006. So there was a- another show I used to watch when I was a kid called Round the Twist about, I think, an Australian family that lived in a lighthouse. Uh, And one of the things, one of the stories in that show was that a new kid showed up at school and he was, like, physically frail and had to do things like he had to, he wore, like, a beanie cap and he always wore gloves and stuff like this. And, like, he was started off walking and then ended up being in a wheelchair and stuff like this. And the reason was that he was secretly a merman. <laughs> and at one point, like, he take he took off his gloves. Like, they were like, why do you always wear gloves? And he took off his gloves and he had, like, three sets of fingernails. And that those turned to be scales. Yes! So, uh, so I was like, modern mermaid myths don't come around very often. And that's why I was like, if Tully had turned out to be an actual mermaid, I'd have been like, this movie has just blown my mind. Yeah, uh, that would have been amazing. Uh, see, I'm I'm glad it did not go that route. I think like I think this movie has, <laughs> this is like, better. I, oh, I think I think, so. I think this is better. This is more grounded. Yes. It makes more sense. But I was just a little bit too like, oh, it's Fight Club. I did not yeah. feel like it was Fight Club in that way. Like I also I feel like this movie had like the re- I feel like it had a reason for it had to be her younger self, and mm. I think it's about like that you can't true. be the yeah. adult that you are without having your past experiences, and it's like she is essentially like relying on herself to get her through this very difficult time. Um, and I like I think that the movie is also arguing for parenthood shouldn't be a solitary activity, mm-hmm. and that having someone who actually had that role in your life would mm-hmm. be like meaningful, and that. So, so, so I, th- I think, like, unlike Fight Club, where it, it felt like oh, a convenient, yeah. like, criticism of society or whatever he was going for. <laughs> like, I, I don't know. Like, I think this is a more meaningful... I, I, for sure, I think there's much more depth and symbolism to this one yeah. Uh, yeah. Than, than there is the Fight so Club. So, I'm bipolar, 
And I really identified with what Regina mentioned earlier, that basically if we account for Charlize's behavior without Tully existing, it is she was in a manic episode. Mm -hmm. And I just was like, yes, accurate. That's what it's like. And (laughs) part of my struggles with bipolar disorder is that when I'm stable, I don't have as much fun and feel as good. And so it's like the, this whole idea where Tully gets to be a manic pixie dream girl, mm-hmm. but that's not real, right? So Charlie's like coming to terms with like the real person I am isn't this carefree 26 year old. Yes. Like as, so as a bipolar person who was also about to turn 34, I was like, yeah, okay, right. Like I'm, I'm not that imaginary it's an imaginary person like yeah. romantic who is so great and wonderful that doesn't exist so that was that really resonated with me and it like made me really emotional at the end of the movie yeah i also think like i feel like there's been writing recently about how there are films and literature to some extent about like like valorizing motherhood as like only a a great experience at all times. And even when it is hard, it's always worth it. It's the most noble profession. Or there's uh, the complete opposite where it's like everything is actually terrible and no one tells you how hard it is to be a mother, et cetera, et cetera. Right. And I feel like this very comfortably lands in a more like gentle place of like, it doesn't say either of those things. So Sadie Doyle wrote a piece for Elle, which is why is modern motherhood only ever depicted as magical or miserable? And the graphic that they're using for the article has Tully with the dual breast pumps. Yes. Front and center. And I think from the trailer and from them not revealing a twist in their marketing of it, it does look like everything is rough, but now all of a sudden this like external person comes and Mary Poppins is it for you. But I feel like the movie itself is like they have a conversation where she's sort of like what you're doing right now like you're not a 26 year old out partying but you're providing stability for your children and like this is what they're going to grow their life out of is this sense of like security right and that it's okay to enjoy the monotonous routine of your life and that that doesn't make you a boring or terrible person but also that doing that is not necessarily like oh this is the greatest endeavor that you'll ever do right and I think the closing shot of her because she was saying like the things about her husband where he's like a good father is he always like does homework and they make lunches for them together and it closes on them like making like lunches for their kids in the sunlight right and it's just sort of a like you know we're, we're setting them up with what we can give right. them and that just because things sort of like in our culture definitely like fetishizes like youth and what you do in your youth as like the most important things that you're going to do in your life like i feel like this movie took a sort of more balanced look at a different portion of life yeah but i will also say as someone who doesn't have children and doesn't plan to have children in part because of my mental illness. The scenes that were like motherhood is hell. I was like, not my problem. (laughs) Oh yeah. When that was happening, I was like, Whew, so glad we don't have to go home to that. Exactly. But then at the end when the little boys like just gives her a hug spontaneously and is like, I love you. I was like, I feel, I feel like the movie did a very good job of including both sort of like highs and lows as it were. Yeah. And effectively so like it was very effectively emotional. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It did not seem yeah, cheesy or like in any way, you know, facetious mm-hmm. in any way. It was like it, was, it felt very honest and genuine, and uh, it, like 
mm-hmm. very real. And another thing, like, I do not have bipolar disorder, but I have several people in my life that are very important yeah. to me that do. And I liked that the movie didn't didn't label anything and also, like, wasn't like, this is a movie about a bipolar mother or this right. is a movie about what it's like to raise a child who is neuroatypical. Like, but at the same time, like, they just felt like human beings living their life. Right. And, but at the same time that the behavior patterns were informed, like, are were familiar things. And I, it just felt like, uh, like, again, like, I just think Diablo Cody is very good at doing a genuine portrait of human beings with, like, heightened dialogue, but in a way that still feels very delightful and honest like I I just I really like her writing and the joke that I wanted to bring up yeah that I couldn't say before is at some point when she's talking to her brother about how she doesn't want to get a night nanny she's like that just sounds like something in a lifetime movie where the family gets murdered and the mother ends up with a cane at the end and then like at the very end of the movie after this emotional scene between her and her husband at the hospital being like we want to be okay and we want our life to continue it cuts to her back at home but having been in a car accident like the first thing you see is like her cane go down yeah, and the three of us are like, <laughs> and the remember rest of the that time is like, who are these assholes? I know, like <laughs> she is injured, and I was like, but it's a joke. It is a joke, and it was very funny. Yeah, yeah. that was great. All right, so thank you for listening. Unless you haven't seen it and you listened through the spoilers part rude how dare you <laughs> i also i must say like one last thing like i am very much looking for like this movie was like at the end like i was sad like i cried like it was yeah. emotional but i'm really looking forward to seeing it a second time oh, like God, yeah. knowing the whole thing yeah. yeah because like i think we picked up a lot of the like oh they were laying the groundwork for this right yeah but i just think I, I think that it makes so much sense. And, like, also, like, we were saying, like, Tully is so weird. Like, she's so weird. Yeah. And it was, like, no one would accept that level of weirdness so unhesitatingly. But you're, like, of course she would. It's herself. It's familiar on some right. level. You're, like, yes, this, it makes sense within the world they've built. Yeah, and, like, she probably knows it at some level as well. Right. Uh, she definitely knows it at the end because they have a conversation in the hospital when where they're being pretty, they don't actively say so, but they're being pretty frank with each other about right. what's going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, so I feel like yeah, that familiar. That's like the first clue is like this is weird. Mm-hmm, yeah. Why are you just going along with this? Right. And also, the brother says at some point to his wife because she's like, "Oh, is are they not going to take the night nanny?" And he's like, "I just really want to help. I just I just want my sister back. It feels like these last couple years, like a uh, candle's been snuffed." Yeah. And also the idea that like someone in a depressive episode who used to be in a sort of unmanaged manic episode that that would be the thing that you would recognize, like you were saying, like feeling, yeah. like, oh, I'm so fun and everything's great." That people would see that difference without necessarily knowing like what's going on. Right. And that they're so like, you know, that the life is very multi-layered and it's not just one particular thing to point to. I react to a lot of things with like, oh, this is really about bipolar disorder. So I'm really, <laughs> really glad that you also mentioned mania and that it's not just me. Yeah. yeah. So great movie, guys. So good. Really good. A very strong, like last new movie for us. Yeah. Yeah, what a way to go out. For now, that's right. Also, wow, like, we really lucked out that in the year that we did this, she released four movies. Right. Long may it continue. Yeah. And the team that released our, two of our number one movies, released another one. Yeah. Oh, you guys both have Young Adult as your number one We sure do. Oh, jeez, no. So, thanks again for listening. If you followed the instructions, and if you didn't, (laughs) fuck you. No, thank you. They could have paused it and... Yeah, you're right. Thank you for listening to whatever portion you listen to. If you listen to it twice because you're good rule followers, double thank you. How adorable. Yeah. Thank you to Alex Reed. 
for our amazing theme song and outro. Yeah. So good. And guys, we are wrapping up. I think we've got four left four after left. this. So enjoy this final month of Theronathon. And again, tell a friend to go listen to our whole back catalog. Also, I for one cannot wait for the soundtrack to tell like, to come out. Oh yeah, I oh, will yeah. listen to the I will listen to that so much. Yeah, same. I also just want a playlist of the songs in the driving montage. You know, like, I'm sure it's on Spotify already. Okay. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> I like very rarely want to hang out with a celebrity or meet a celebrity. Like I'm kind of like I don't actually want yeah. to need to meet Charlie Theron at any point in my right. life. I'm like I'm happy to just look at all of her movies. But I think on some levels, like, Diablo Cody's movies feel like her in a way that I'm like, she seems like she'd be fucking fun. Yeah. Like, yeah. that she would have the best uh, mixtape on as right. she, like, had a drink in the backyard. Yeah. Awesome. All right. <laughs> Diablo, thank you. Yeah, thank you so much. Please, the three of you. Don't just, do it. Just, just make try. a movie every couple of years, okay? <laughs> I don't understand. This, the Diablo Cody cinematic universe. Yes. Oh. <laughs> Diablo Land. <laughs> <laughs> but right. only with Charlize. Okay. So thank you so much, but most importantly, thank, thank you, Charlize! And now you heard the Theronathon. Every word of the Theronathon. It just occurred at the Theronathon. I hope your heart was stirred by the Theronathon. And that your kitties purred at the Theronathon. Your curiosity spurred by the Theronathon. You're turning into a nerd for the Theronathon. And if you flip in the Your gloves off. It won't make it's any all right. difference There's to me. There's nothing wrong. Come on. It's none of your business. Look, when there's something wrong, you turn to your friends, not against them. How many people do you know with three sets of fingernails? I'm a freak. could do with a manicure. Not many girls have loved a merman. Always remember the time when we... It's done the cold here. <laughs>